What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of A Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. A um, couple housekeeping notes uh, before we get into today's episode. Started a Instagram account for the podcast, just called Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life on Instagram. Uh, goal with this Instagram is to, one, kind of push more people to the podcast, but two, to give you guys that are uh, following along weekly, daily, kind of um, you know, inspirational reframes, uh, quotes, things to think about um, on topics that maybe we've talked about on the podcast, and just things that come across your feed and I, I hope make you kind of stop for a second and think. I think a lot of what's pushed out in social media, both algorithmically and what society is addicted to, is just frivolous dancing and PRs in the gyms and you know, stuff that's fun, but I think a lot of it we, gets addicting because it's just numbing us to our experience. And my goal with the stuff that comes along your guys' screen, if you uh, follow along on Instagram, is meant to bring you back into the present moment, make you think, make you reframe, make you ask, what the hell am I doing right now? Um, and again, as you guys know, my philosophy in life is when society wants to zig, I want to zag. Uh, I think the path of the good life runs opposite the path of modern society and that comes with pop culture that comes with things like uh, social media etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that's kind of what the um, Instagram page is meant to be something that just kind of is different than maybe a lot of the other stuff that you'll see on there so if you are not currently following it look it up on Instagram simple man's guide to good life just give it a little follow share it you know if you have friends uh, the link to the podcast is in the bio so you know if I put up a post that speaks to you or something like that, share it, you know, and um, just trying to get more people listening, more people, again, on that path to the good life. And, and the whole goal here is just to arm people with tools and, and different things to help them live a better life. That's, that's truly only, the only goal I have. So uh, that's kind of it for that. Uh, we're going to get into today's episode. Today's episode is called uh, Movement as Medicine. So... For those that have been listening since the, the beginning, um, we went over kind of my idea of what the four pillars of a thriving, healthy life look like. Uh, they're also in alignment with uh, the O23 kind of coaching uh, cohort uh, that I am part of. Um, I look at these pillars more like faucets, um, and I'll, I'll talk about why, but if you don't remember what the four pillars, four faucets kind of are, is sleep, is nutrition, movement, which we're going to talk about today, and then mindset, kind of spirituality, psych psychology, you know, mental health. Uh, and the, the past two podcasts have been kind of in that realm. We've been, we've been talking about using death as a reframing tool. We've been talking about the ego, right? And that's kind of mindset, mental health stuff. Um, and, and talking about tools and how to improve that stuff, we're going to kind of move into the pillar or kind of the faucet um, of movement today. Uh, the reason I like faucets is because in my opinion, again, a thriving life, a good life is one in which if you can imagine faucets, if you have the four faucets, sleep, nutrition, movement, mindset, a thriving life is one where all of those faucets are turned up to full blast. And I like that analogy, that metaphor, whatever, 
Because I think we can all think of times in our life when it felt like all four of those faucets were on full blast and you probably felt like your life was thriving. You just felt like, holy hell, like things are just flowing, right? But I think what's more realistic is at different times of our life, different seasons of our life, some of those faucets are turned up higher than others. Some of them maybe are completely turned off, right? Hopefully in some capacity, most of them are turned up. But I like this analogy because it's not just on or off. There's different levels, right? When you turn on a faucet, you can go full blast, but there's all that space in between being off and being full blast. And I think most humans live in that place where most of them are on, but there's maybe a little drip or it's not fully blasted. And our goal on the path to the good life, a thriving life, is to turn all those faucets on. And at least for the most part, be living a life where those faucets are turned on full blast. Again, we understand that it's life and that's not always going to be the case but that's our goal so again we're speaking about today the faucet of movement now when we're talking movement um i'm going to talk i'm going to start off with some statistics a little bit Um, i want us to have a frame for why movement is so important to live a good life to live a thriving life and how most of us think about movement or think about living a healthy lifestyle think about fitness wrong Uh, I'm going to challenge a lot of you today that are listening that think you're a fit person or a healthy person or somebody who moves a lot. And I'm going to challenge and I'm going to actually probably cause some of you to have to have a hard conversation with yourself. Um, But it's important because we need to understand the ramifications of the lifestyles we're living. Okay, so um, first off, let's again just I'm going to be talking from a perspective of an American in the U.S., um, but this kind of is more Western, modern society in general. I would say even some bigger Eastern societies as well now. But nonetheless, talking about the U.S. here, um, from the CDC, okay, about 25% of Americans spend more than eight hours a day sitting. Okay, One in four Americans. 25% of the American population is living a true sedentary lifestyle. And again, sedentary lifestyle, we're talking about sitting six to eight hours a day, getting very little movement throughout their day. Now, why is this important? Well, a sedentary lifestyle increases death rate by 71%. So what that means is, is if you are living a sedentary lifestyle, a lifestyle in which most days you're sitting anywhere between six to eight hours, your risk of mortality, all-cause mortality, is increased by 71%. And the even scarier part about this, and this is going to be a big part of what I talk about today, especially because I think a lot of people that listen to this are already working out, already going to the gym, is even with four to seven hours of moderate to vigorous exercise weekly, Sitting for five to six hours a day still increased mortality rate by 50%. So we're going to get in more depth with this, but I just want you to think if you are somebody that goes, yeah, I sit most of the day, but I have a solid workout routine. I go and work out. You still might not be doing enough to lower your chances of all-cause mortality. And we're going to talk about why movement is the key word here is important. Not working out, movement. Okay. Um, you know, there's some other statistics in here, 
But for the most part, 6% of global death is linked to inactivity, sedentary lifestyle. So another reason why I think this is important is because some people are going to listen to this and I, I think they might go into this mindset of like, well, I'm not harming anybody else. My, it's my lifestyle. Who cares? You know, if I want to be sedentary, it's, it's not a big deal. I don't want to change, et cetera, et cetera. It is my belief that anytime we are on the path to a good life and we are choosing to improve our lives, you are inherently improving the lives of people around you. We do not live in a vacuum, guys. We like to think we do. We like to think that a lot of times the actions we have, if they're about ourselves, only impact ourselves. And that's a selfish viewpoint. It's just not true. Every decision you make, everything you decide to do will in some way impact others around you. And in impacting others around you, it will impact the greater community that you work within and then society as a whole. And I know we don't like to think that because then that puts a lot of responsibility on us. And a lot of people in society these days don't like having responsibility, but it's the truth. So if you are somebody that is living a sedentary lifestyle and you're like, well, what's the big deal? I'm not harming others. Do realize that any all-cause mortality, chronic diseases that put a strain on the healthcare system, um, you know, not being able to play with your kids or getting more easily injured, all of these things impact other people. And if you're not willing to work on yourself or change habits because you think it's not impacting others, you need to take a look in the mirror and understand that every decision you're making, whether to live the life that you want or not, is impacting others around you. And that includes the lifestyle you're living when it comes to movement, when it comes to health, and all of these things. So try to remember, you don't live in a vacuum. You live in a society, you live in a community, and when you take action to become a healthier version of you, become a thriving version of you, that's gonna rub off on others. You're going to lighten the load on others. You're gonna be a better version of yourself for others. Relationships are gonna improve, et cetera, et cetera. It has a cascading effect. One small change can have cascading effects. So this is an important topic to talk about. Um, I don't want people to be in the mindset that like you can just live a sedentary lifestyle. It's not hurting other people. Who cares? It's my life. Let's think a little bit bigger. Let's think compassionately. Let's think empathetically and, and try to become better versions of ourselves, not only for ourselves, but for other people. Okay. So as we can see there with those statistics, sedentary lifestyle is a big, big issue. And again, when we're talking about the path to the good life, that path is in a lot of ways contradictory to the way modern society is set up. And I've talked about this in other podcasts, but modern society is set up for comfort, is set up for addiction to substances, to uh, social media, right? Is set up to be capitalistic by nature, consumerism, right? It is not set up to be in line with nature. And so what happens is we fall into the trap of living the lifestyle that modern society wants for us. And anytime you push back against that, you get a lot of pushback, whether from your you know, friend group, your family, society as a whole. And what you start to learn though is that to live a good life, most things you have to do go in contradiction to modern society. Right? And modern society is one that is set up for us to live sedentary lifestyles. I think we can all just understand this, right? I mean, work from home, not that work from home is bad, right? But even before work from home, just think of your normal work situations, cubicles, isolation, sitting at a desk, right? 
Um, but even more so, the things like DoorDash, um, right? Everything being on demand that you can watch at home. And again, so many people are like, yeah, but that's so good. And having those things sparingly, sure, they are conveniences. But the problem is we all get addicted to those things, right? We sit on the couch for six hours watching Netflix. You know, Netflix even says, are you still watching, right? We order groceries, we order food, all these kind of things. And then inevitably, I think most of us ask ourselves, how did I get here, right? Modern society has set us up for failure. And so when it comes to living a sedentary lifestyle, you know, I think we should, one, give ourselves grace and understand that society has set us up to fail in this regard. But we can take the power back here and we can decide to live differently, live a lifestyle of movement, get back in touch with nature, become healthier versions of ourselves, and again, in becoming healthier versions of ourselves, help our communities, help our families, help society as a whole, take the strain off the healthcare system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so let's talk about movement, right? Movement as medicine. Now we're gonna talk about movement as medicine, not only in the physical realm, but in the mental health realm as well, because there's a lot of great research on movement being great for mental health. Um, there's even a whole form of therapy that has been built around walking. Um, and I'm sure some of you listening know what I'm talking about. We'll get into that. But movement, right, is more than working out. Because there's a lot of people listening to this that I know, like, go to my gym or go to the gym. And that, that's how they think about movement, right? Um, and while, yes, obviously working out is movement, Movement inherently just means moving your body, flowing through space, etc. So there's so many things that can incorporate movement, right? It is not just working out. And so I want us to do a little, just kind of, I want you to think about your day. Think about your week. Think about your work schedule, right? I want you to think about, let's just say for most people, you're working a nine to five. Okay, you're working a nine to five and you do that Monday through Friday, right? So you're averaging about a 30 hour work week. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. You work overtime, right? I think, no, 40-hour work week. Math, guys. <laughs> Eight times five, 40. 40-hour 40 work week, standard work week, right? Now, let's say each day, eight hours. How much of that are you sitting, right? You work from home. You work at an office. You know, you might think you move a lot. You're like, oh, no, man, I move, I move around a lot. Well, what's a lot? Do you move around for two hours? Okay, let's let's say... In a full day at work, just at work, I'm not talking about before work or when you get off work and you go to the gym, I'm talking about at work from nine to five, do you really get up, go walk around, et cetera, et cetera, for two hours in total? Okay, let's say you do. Sure, let's give that to you. Okay, two, two times five. Let's say you do that every single day. You, you average two hours of movement at work. Well, that's 10 hours. So 10 minus 40, you guys, you, you, we're still sitting 30 hours a week, right, at work. Okay, well, yeah, but Sean, you know, listen, man, I have a great workout routine, I'm very fit. I go to the gym five days a week. I love it, that's great, as you should. How, how often, are, you know, how, how long are you working out for? Well, at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, five days a week, cool. That's five hours? Let's even give you an hour and a half, seven hours. Okay, so we're still at mm, 17, 18 hours of movement 
and what, still in the 25, 23 hours of sitting or being sedentary? Uh-oh, right? You can see where I'm going with this. Even though most of us think we're living a healthy lifestyle or at least a lifestyle of movement, when you actually break it down into numbers like that, you see a glaring problem. We are not. Even if you are somebody that goes to the gym religiously five times a week, you work out an hour, hour and a half, you do CrossFit classes or you go hit it hard at the gym, right? And for some of us, we go to Globo gyms, we go to 24-hour fitnesses, golds and stuff and guess what we do? We go sit on a machine, right? We do quad extensions and we sit on a machine, right? Now, is that better than sitting at a desk? Of course, I'm not here to demonize that, but I just, I want you guys to understand that this is hard. This is challenging with the, the way the, our world is set up, but understand the framing here that even if you are somebody that has a really good workout schedule, you are still not moving enough if you are living a quote unquote atypical Western life of a nine to five job, okay? This is where movement comes in right? Some of us just think grandiose movement. Oh, well, I, I got to get a workout in and that's, that's my movement for the day. Guys, movement is something as simple as a walk, okay? Now, I'm going to go with walks here because I think it's the easiest, simplest thing that people can incorporate. And I think a lot of people already think along these lines. You know, people have standing desks and they go, I'm standing. It's better than sitting, but it is still not movement, guys, right? How many of you guys, you have standing desks, but your back still hurts? It's because you're not moving, you're stagnant. Movement is medicine, right? Standing's better than sitting, but moving is better than standing, okay, for long periods of time. So when we're talking movement, we're talking literally moving the body through space. So for most people in Western society, we can take time to incorporate things like walking, right? We can take little 10 minute breaks. If you're working in an office, you know, just, Go walk around the office, go walk down the hall, just get up for five minutes, 10 minutes. Every time after you eat a meal, get up and walk, right? There are so many health benefits to just walking, but mainly it just comes from movement, right? We're moving. When you move, when you walk, you're moving lymphatic fluid, right? Stagnation of blood and inflammation, right? Your hormones start pumping a little bit. Um, there's just so many positive effects when you go for a walk, when you move. And so, you know, this is one of my strategies for everybody I work with when it comes to like health lifestyle coaching is just getting them into a practice of walking multiple times a day, right? In the morning before they go to work, multiple times while they're at work, um, after meals, when they get home, after their workout. And then you can start slowly chipping away at these bigger chunks of times that you're sitting right and then you can look at the day and go hey man like i accumulated almost an hour of walking throughout the day that's another hour of movement added and the more you sit the more you're sedentary the more you need that kind of stuff but movement guys can also be skateboarding it can be rollerblading it can be going and rock climbing right it can be paddleboarding anything where you're moving your body and the biggest thing it's, it's something that you enjoy right it can be break dancing it can be so many things and the biggest thing is finding things that you enjoy to move your body. That's what's important, right? I do think everybody should have some kind of training or workout regimen, but I don't think that should be it. And I alluded to why earlier, just math, right? It's not enough. For a lot of us, it's a great way to have a mental health outlet 
I kind of call working out, especially CrossFit, for people who are saying, I own a CrossFit gym. It's kind of, it's recess for adults, right? And that's great, that's beautiful, but that can't be the end all be all. It just can't, you need more than that. Um, and so finding avenues to move your body that speak to you, that are true to you, is great. And again, I think for most people, just starting with daily walks and like multiple walks throughout the day, you start to feel tired, go for a walk. All of a sudden you'll feel more energized, right? Walks are also great for mental health. Um, there is a actual therapy practice called EMDR that was developed through walking. So in 1987, Francine Shapiro, um, who was the founder of EMDR, was walking through a park. She realized that eye movements were decreasing her negative, emo uh, negative emotions um, associated with like her memories. So if any of us have actually gone on like long walks or hikes, I think most of us, and if you're by yourself especially, all of us have experienced like having conversations with ourselves, or we start thinking about past traumas or whatever, and we end up working through them, right? Not saying that we come to a conclusion by the end of it or anything like that, but for whatever reason, we're able to bring these things up and we seem to be less emotional about it, um, and we can kind of go right into it. And so she actually took this, this walking therapy, and turned it into EMDR, right? Eye movement desensitization <laughs> therapy, which is huge now for um, integration of trauma, right? So right there, movement is medicine, both physically, because we're getting away from living the sedentary lifestyle, we're moving blood, we're moving inflammation, we're moving lymphatic fluid, if we're finding things that we really enjoy, now we're finding more joy in our life because now we're skateboarding, we're doing yoga, we're, you know, whatever it is. Um, and if we're walking, if we're going for walks, we now can start using it as a way to process certain things that maybe otherwise we're hiding from. You know, you have a, a blow up at work, you get into an argument with your spouse, go for a walk right? Get away from the situation, become desensitized to the emotions of it. So then you can take it head on and work through it. Okay. Um, again, my big takeaway here from this is everybody, including people who already think they're healthy and fit, need more movement in their life. I do. And again, I'm on this path with you guys. I try to walk four to six times a day, at least 10 minutes every time. Um, and I still feel like at times I want different or more movement. Now I am lucky because I own a gym and I coach. Inherently, I am moving most of the day. I'm walking most of the day, I'm coaching, I'm on my feet most of the day. But nonetheless, it's fun for me when I find new avenues of movement. So like yoga has been really, really fun for me because I'm moving my body in different ways and it's like a joyful experience, right? Riding a bike is a joyful experience for me. So you can find joy in moving your body in different ways. And the biggest thing with this is this is life-saving. Adding more movement to your day-to-day -day life is literally life-saving. We went over the statistics in the beginning of this podcast. The more movement you have, the less sedentary your lifestyle. The less sedentary your lifestyle, the higher likelihood of living a long, healthy life. The more you sit, the more you're sedentary, the more you're not moving, you are increasing your chances of chronic illnesses in some way, shape, or form, and that impacts everybody around you, okay? So again, movement is medicine both for the body, 
but also for the mind, right? There's a lot we can do with movement. So my goal for you guys is one, just kind of do the math that I did there. Really try to take a stock of your day and figure out how much you are sedentary, sitting, standing, not moving. Do your best to figure out how much that is, extrapolate for your week, add that all up, and then be honest with yourself. Do the same thing for how much you're moving in a day and really take a hard look at that and, and ask yourself, is this enough? Am I doing enough movement? Is this, again, the life I wanna live? When I'm in my 50s and 60s, is this gonna come back to bite me in the ass? And I think the people who really need to hear this are the people who already think they're healthy and fit, who have a strict workout regimen because you are thinking that you're, you're not this person and my guess is you are. You need movement still. You need more walks. You need to find new ways to move your body that's still slightly different than the workout routine you've been doing. You need to find new things to do, et cetera, et cetera. So go out this week, figure out how much, uh, how sedentary you are versus how much you move. Figure out new forms of movement, right? Figure out things that speak to you. Try to figure out ways to incorporate more walks into your day and um, go get after it this week. Go find some movement. Go find a, a way to bring more joy, movement into your life. Hope you guys have a great week and uh, I'll see you in the middle of the week for your midweek meditation based around movement. All right, guys. Bye.